Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for it's God through Christ Jesus. It's calling us. church and welcome to Riverside. I'm really glad you're here today, especially as we continue this series on legacy makers. I'm glad for you to hear my friend Terry Rush today. Terry has an incredible legacy of faith. Uh, after preaching for uh, 40 years for the Memorial Drive Church of Christ in Tulsa, Oklahoma, authoring over 14 books about faith, having a special relationship uh, in ministry with the, the St. Louis Cardinals organization, and also raising three incredible children of faith. Terry comes to us today with, with an incredible legacy, a legacy of faith. So I'm excited for you to hear from him today as we think about what it means for us uh, to pursue Jesus and to share this faith in Jesus we have uh, with our children, with our grandchildren, and with the next generation. So church, let's welcome my friend, Terry Rush. So we're expecting twins. I always uh, ask this, and would you consider naming the first one Terry Terry, and then the second one Terry Terry, and it just makes it so much simpler that way, okay? <laughs> it's just an idea. Uh, welcome to today, and I want to tell you this is the coolest pulpit I ever saw in my life. I love that. I really am studying that out. Thank you for being here today. I want to encourage you a lot, and so let's begin by looking at John chapter 3. Beginning in verse 3, watch these words. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Friend, look at this. In the church, we tend to want to know where we're going, and it stumps the church from growth. We feel like we're more comfortable if we understand how it's going to work, and it stumps the church from growth. Hear him tell you, the wind blows where it wishes, you hear the sound of it, do not know where it's coming from or where it's going, so is everyone, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Church, we don't like that. And that's why the church is struggling. We do like it when we see it take place. And I came to cheer you on today to say it has taken place in your life. It's going to take place. It'll keep taking place. And don't be nervous, but realize that that is a part of God 
working. When I uh, started going to the Church of Christ, uh, I loved it. I, I, I just loved hearing the preaching, and it was just fantastic. I loved studying the Bible. I hadn't really studied the Bible much before. But I, I, I began to keep growing in what he was saying and what God was trying to teach all of us. But I didn't understand that the Spirit of God worked in our lives. I was trained that that ended when the apostles died. I was taught that in school, that that's done. That part's over. And so I abided by it and proclaimed it. But things, being a preacher, started happening that were contrary to the things that had been taught. I remember on a Saturday night in Quincy, Illinois, where I was the preacher, and I was standing in the baptistry. I drained it out, and I was cleaning it all up on Saturday night, getting ready to refill it in time for Sunday morning. And God said, I want you to go to Fifth and Hampshire to meet a guy. I said, God, I don't believe in that. And I kept on scrubbing, and he said, I really want you to go to Fifth and Hampshire. It wasn't verbal. It was an impression in my heart. And I said, God, you know that we don't believe that stuff. And all of a sudden, I realized, Terry, you're the only one in this baptistry. So I said, okay, God. I got in my car, and I felt like a fool. And I drove to Fifth and Hampshire, and I parked my car, and I got out, and I go, okay, God. I had quite the attitude, didn't I? Okay, God, there is not a person out there. And then a man walked out the door of a grocery store with his son. I said, sir, I don't mean to interrupt. He said, sure. I said, "Uh, I'm a preacher at the Church of Christ on East State Street, and I was wondering, would you have any interest in God? That man started going to church with us, and I baptized Davy Welsh. He's a member of the church. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to look foolish. I'm telling you, God's got something going here. When he says the wind blows where it wishes and where you hear the sound of it, but do not know, do not know where it comes from or where it's going, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit of God. We don't want to look uneasy. We don't want to look foolish. We don't want to say things that don't sound church appropriate. And I'm telling you, my friend, our world is dying to find somebody that would be alive in Christ. They want to know, does anybody know how to help me because I'm drowning out here. I'm trying to look like I'm alive, but I'm drowning out here. And we want to say, yes, we don't necessarily know what to say to you. We don't know how to say it, but you know what our God does? Why don't you just come go with us and sit on our Bible class or, or uh, come with us to that Bible study? Just any, any we're having a, we're, our, our teens are putting on a, a program. Come, come with us and see it. You see, the thing about being stable in the church is to be flexible. The thing about being unstable in the church is to be inflexible. It's so backward to the way that humanity wants to make God work. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 18, but as God is faithful, our word to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silvanus and Timothy, 
was not yes and no, but is yes in him. For as many as may be the promises of God, in him they are yes, wherefore also by him is our amen to the glory of God. Everything's a yes. This will encourage you so much that even when things are pressing against you, a yes is going on. When things are disappointing you, you can know this, a yes is going on. It is take place. You can't calculate it. You just believe him. When I was a student at Preston Road in Dallas, I, just, I was so thrilled to get to go to preaching school. I loved it. I loved everything. I just, I just, was, one, I was just absorbing it, it all. And, and so what the deal was, we had our freshman, sophomore, junior, senior terms. And when you got to be a sophomore, the staff sent you out into local churches to preach. And so as a freshman, I watched and I listened as the, as the sophomores told the reports in chapel about where they got to preach. And the, the juniors, also they were preaching and the seniors preaching. Everyone kept on going as they moved on up. And I couldn't wait because when I became a sophomore, I was going to take a pulpit. So... <clears throat> The seniors were being assigned where to go every Sunday. The juniors were being assigned where to go every Sunday. We knew sophomores were being assigned to go somewhere every Sunday, except one of the students, me. They said I wasn't ready. They didn't really say it. They just didn't send me. Well, okay. Maybe I was a little crazy. You are with me. Junior year, they're sending the seniors out. They're sending my class, the juniors out. They're sending the new class of sophomores out. Everybody was going. The class behind me going, except one, me. Didn't send me. If anybody wanted to go, I did. Senior term. New sophomores going out, new juniors going out, all my classmates going out, and the staff called me in and said these words, Terry, we're going to have to send you out sometime. (laughs) That would be called a vote of confidence. Your life is full of struggles, and there are people that will not cheer you on, and you don't quit. It's just grooming you for when you get to be whatever he's going to use you for. I moved to Memorial Drive in 1977, and after I'd been there 90 days, the elders called me in, and they said, Terry, you're not going to work out. I kind of have a pattern going, don't you think? (laughs) You're not going to work out. I was crushed. I didn't blame them. I wasn't much. I was sure hoping it would work out. I said, I get it. So last year, I finished my 40th year anniversary there. That's weird. Things don't work out for you. That's only the sign that the working out part's coming later. I'm telling you, you're going through some heavy stuff. You're going through some stressful things. 
And I want to tell you, friend, you read that as a yes. Don't read that as a no. He said in the word that we just read that everything is a yes all of the time. I love this in Philippians chapter um, 4. No, chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3, look at this in verse 12, where it says, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on the order that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal, to the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. I, I want to encourage you, my friend. I believe that it goes on in our systems. It has to go on in everybody's system where you just want to shut down and say, fine. I tried and I was rejected. I tried to put that program together and it didn't work fine. And God is saying, no, 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 no. No, I'm just getting you ready for what's really going to work, what's really going to take place, what's going to happen. I want you to know that God works. He does amazing things. Just amazing things. I love to dream about what God could do. I mean, seriously wonder. What could he think about? What could he imagine? Don't look around and see what's been discovered already. Fine if you want to be engaged in that, but watch for the things that hadn't been thought of yet. It, it, it's out there. I had this idea because I'm an author. Any of you in here own any of my books? Two. Okay, well, way to go. I said to God in prayer time, I said, God, see, I'm a big St. Louis Cardinal fan. And um, I said to him, God, would you help me write a book that would go into Bush Stadium? I just would like to see you and me partner and get a book into Bush Stadium. Now, people, a lot of people think that's nutty thinking. I think it's kingdom imagination. And I've been praying about that for several months, and I got a call one day. And it was from a lady in St. Louis, Missouri, by the name of Carol Buck. Her husband's name was Jack Buck. Her son's name is Joe Buck, if any of you watch baseball. She called me and she said, Terry, I heard you speak before, and she said, I love the way you communicate, and I was wondering, her husband had just died, would you write a book about my husband? And I said, I'd be so honored. And I said, now I want to tell you, it'll be all laced with God working in it, is that okay? And she said, oh, I would really like that. Do we have a picture to show here? Could I see that slide? Well, um, can you bring it down? Or anyway, do you see me? That's me right there with my back to you. That's me. That's Carol Buck on the right. We are in the television booth and radio booth at Bush Stadium during a game. It's showing thousands of people sitting in that stadium. So just get the picture, okay? Let me, let me tell you what's significant about that picture. Remember me praying earlier without any prospect of the hope of it except that he would do it, that God would get a book into Bush Stadium that I would write? 
20,000 books that I wrote called The Voice of Silver, Heart of Gold was given to those fans that day. I don't want anybody to hear that and go, yeah, but that was you, Terry, and that couldn't be me. No, no, no. It's all of us because, you see, we are, we are very little. We are very small. He is great big. He asked us to imagine, and then he said, I will do more than you could ask or think. He means it, and I want to encourage you. He means you. He means me. I think being in the kingdom is the most exciting system in all of the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I have stamped on the front of my Bible in gold right here, power is perfected in weakness. That is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. What's the one thing you don't want anybody knowing? You're weak. Why is it that, that we don't want people knowing that we're weak? Well, it's just our, it's our nature, but we're to be born again into a system that says his power works in our weakness. He never uses a strong person to get his work done. Take a look at all through the scripture. He never picked the strong one to get his work done. It was the broken ones and the pained ones and the struggling ones and the suffering ones. Power is perfected in weakness. I don't know if I can tell you this, but I'm going to try. I'm diagnosed with severe memory loss. And it is a bear. I haven't traveled anywhere to speak in a, quite a while because I couldn't do the airports. And I couldn't do it yesterday. I just made myself get on, I made myself go into it. I got lost so many times. When my mind was normal, DFW messed me up. <laughs> and I just heard somebody over there go, you were never normal, Rush. I know, I know. I can't tell you how hard it was to get here. But I want to be here to say to you, his work is not dependent on our strengths. His work is dependent when we will give him even our weaknesses and say, God, go for it. Do you hear me? I don't blame you for holding back. I don't blame you for shutting down. I don't blame you for being reserved because you don't know how and you don't know what. But that's who he uses. That's what he does. Struggle so much. Frank and Nancy Stepp are just dear, dear friends of mine. Used to be members at Memorial and I got them straightened out and sent them on their way. And <laughs> yesterday, I'd been with them. I got back to the airport. I couldn't think of Frank's name. I could think of Nancy, and I couldn't think of Frank's name. Been with him all evening. Do you know what it does to you? It reduces you down to nothing. 
But do you know what I knew? It had no bearing on how well the sermon goes. Get it about you. You fight to serve God in a way that you're positioned to look good. And the world would like to find somebody that just cared about them, not how we look. You are a powerful individual. And you've had plenty of people in your path to tell you you weren't. You've had plenty of circumstances rush by you and say, you're not, you're not capable, you're not able, you're not skilled. But God says, oh, excuse me, absolutely you are because power is perfected in weakness and you won't function well in any other way. They taught us in preaching school how to go into homes and study the Bible one-on-one. I couldn't do it. They said it, they, they said it to where you had to do it just right. I couldn't get anything just right. I couldn't do it. They would ask me to send me out with a, another guy and pair up, which helped, and we'd go, and I'd let him do the teaching, and I'd just sit because I couldn't do it. They would say to me, Terry, you've got to say it sometime. You've got to be able to do it sometime. I said, I just can't. I'm a preacher student. I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to know this stuff. I couldn't do it. You know what broke it to where I can? Because I can now. Do you know what broke that? A lady visited our church one time years and years ago. I asked her if she'd want to study the Bible. She said she would. And I said something to her in our Bible study that was life-changing. We were looking at a certain passage, and she said to me, Terry, we read it. And she said, I don't know what that means. And I said, I don't either. Do you know what that did to that lady? She lit up and she said, you too? It was as like we were the same. I didn't think that in admitting a weakness, it would let her in. But she had me somehow seeing that I knew everything and she knew nothing and it was like this and it let her in and it let me in and it changed my world. And I want to say to you, Please don't keep looking over your shoulder to find the people that can do it better than you can. Weakness is so strong in the Spirit of God. It's just amazing. It's fabulous. It's awesome. So I close with this. Boy, people always perk up when I say that. I mean, there's people been just kind of snoring. Oh, we're done. Fooling. No. I'm going to close with this. It is true in the Word of God that people that are clueless can be confident. We feel like that we've got to be informed to be confident, and it isn't true. Because, you see, God is consistently working in ways that man would never have guessed. He is constantly designing systems and imaginations that are, that, that are just 
no one would have thought of. I've got to tell you something. I, I've learned to like life. I used to be so legalistic in my Christianity that I didn't even like life. I certainly didn't like the church. I was preaching against and just hammering and everything. And I, I, I've learned to go, just wait a minute and go, don't you love right now? There's something in this room that I'm fascinated with, and I'm just going to tell you. That is the coolest pulpit I ever saw in my life. It is. The way you've got this is amazing, but that is the coolest pulpit. I can't imagine the business meetings you had getting there. (laughs) But I mean, yes. Wow. Way to go. Way to go. So I'll tell you this, and then I'm wrapping it up. Okay. Abraham was a mighty leader of God, and the Bible says this, church. He went out not knowing where he was going. And he's regarded as a man of faith. Our launching into effectivity will be when we move out of our reserved areas and move out into an area to serve God and not know where we're going. Business meetings call that unwise. God calls it productive faith. The church has got to have a big push into the realm of going out when we don't know how it's going to work or we're going to keep dwindling. It's up to us. It isn't up to us to look good. It's up to us to know that he is looking good and we will imagine and dream and swim out into that zone the best we can and wait for him to show up. So my friend, if you want to say something to them, great. And I want to tell you, I love being with you all. And what a pulpit. We love you. So I'll tell you how that happened. We skipped the business meetings and Corey just built that himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. I, I do, Corey I do paid want to me say, 150 to mention it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I believe that. Um, we are so excited to have you here, and and we're so thankful for that. I sat this this week at the Pepperdine lectures in a class with Terry's son uh, Dusty, um, one of his preaching sons. He's uh, left an incredible legacy of that, and. Dusty taught a class there at Pepperdine that was just remarkable. And if you get a chance to, to listen to it on the, the podcast that they have, I, I'd highly recommend you do that. Because what Dusty talked about was, was that the church needs to learn to become more vulnerable, uh, more open about our weaknesses. I wonder where he got that from. Um, thank you for sharing uh, your weaknesses with us and your strengths. Uh, let's give him one more thank you to, to tell What a powerful word, and I think it's exactly right. If you're thinking about the legacy that you want to leave in your life, what better legacy is there than that you always had the spirit that God could work through your weaknesses? An enthusiasm for life. Every time that I have talked to Terry today, I met him uh, yesterday. I picked him up from the airport. Um, I've spent maybe all told an hour with Terry. 
And I've heard him say to me and to, to many people that he's met, he says, welcome to now. Welcome to right now. That's a powerful testimony to live in this moment knowing enthusiastically that God can work through his Holy Spirit. He's done it through Terry today, and he wants to do it through each and every one of you. And if you're not sure about that, if you don't know what that looks like or what that means, we want to help you. We want to walk alongside of you as you grow in your confidence of that. And so our shepherds and their wives are going to be, as we sing this last song, at different places in our auditorium. And if there's anything you would like to talk to them about or pray with them about, if you want to know more about this, we would love for you to go see them as we sing this next song together.